Booyah, Michelle. Welcome back to another episode of Can't Handle the Heat. It's your boy, G Swizz. To my left, got Joey here. All the way across in Southern Europe, we got the Micah Ma. Micah, how are we doing, brother? What's up, boys? Uh, so, like I said, I mean, as I as we usually do, we usually have a guest on the show, but today we're just going to kind of predicate that time to us three lovely, lovely out-system boys. So, we just kind of want to talk about the new year and kind of talk about what we had learned in the past. Because I think a lot of the time, like I said, we predicate a lot of our time to in questions and information towards our guests, kind of asking them, and I think... Obviously, I think the three of us still have some value to the listeners out there. Um, so with that being said, we want to kind of talk about the new year. One thing, maybe two things that you kind of learn in the new year. Maybe another thing that you that you like, oh, that you kind of messed up at or something you got better at or something volleyball-wise that you kind of learned or something along the lines of something that stayed true in your mind that, that was like, okay, for sure. Mike, you want to give this, gotta, wanna give this whirlwind to start here? Yeah, I can, I can try and start. I think um, something that, that came to mind is what makes a good team. Um, and I think a lot of times people uh, put a lot of emphasis on, like, a good leader. But something that I've also realized is that, like, to have a good team, for sure your, your followers are going to be, like, influenced by how good your leader is. But yet there are still are people that are, not good followers and there are people that are good followers and like I don't think they get enough credit as well into the making of a successful team does that did I word that correctly do you guys understand what I'm trying to say no, no, no I totally get what you're saying like I think the teams that I've been on there's been clear roles um and it takes everyone to accept that role and to flourish in that role and you can't just have a leader that's a really good leader and then guys that don't want to follow or guys that don't want to buy into whatever their like whatever their piece of the puzzle might be and that can kind of undermine um the team's success and it kind of gets contagious as well when you get people that don't want to fit into their role it can kind of bleed throughout the rest of the team so i think something that i learned not this year but something that i've learned just throughout my volleyball career is that um Try and find your role on the team. Figure out what the best thing that you can do for the team is. Figure out what other people can do and discuss it. And then whatever that is, you've got to be able to buy into it and be selfless in that. And even if it doesn't look the way that you want it to look. And the same for the rest of the team. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Joe, you want to go? Or you want me to go here? I'm going to go here. Um, so for me... It kind of pred- it kind of goes off of what you were kind of talking about. Good leader, kind of, and the thing I want to kind of talk about is having a good circle. Is definitely a, a huge thing that I learned this year. I was always a guy. Well, I will say this: twenty twenty two was definitely the hardest year of my life, no doubt about that. In terms of the ups and downs and battles that I went through, on the court, off the court, doesn't really matter, right? <laughs> a lot of stuff went on um that I kind of had to overcome and a lot of it was due to volleyball and I think well, I was kind of scrolling through TikTok yesterday and I saw like I saw so much stuff along the lines of like people like their mental health and when it comes to sports or the transfer I, I looked kind of a lot deeper in like the transfer wire and like why so many especially women's volleyball players are like transferring all the time like why is that and like it's and I mentioned the last podcast with Brooke Nineveller so you hear like these horror stories and like terrible stories of these coaches 
It's not that you're like, there's no way this is true, but, you know, unfortunately, we've met those people in the volleyball world, so, you know, there's some real realness to it. And I personally have experienced stuff like that. And I think the biggest thing is, in terms of, like, mental health and everything, is making sure, and this kind of goes on and off the volleyball court, making sure you have a good circle around you. I was playing on my team last year versus this year. It is completely 180 switch for me, you know. I go from being, you go in a place, and I think a lot of listeners can relate out there, you go from a place of, like, just extreme toxicity, if that's even a word, toxicness, and you go to a place, something like that, and stuff's not going well. It can affect your everyday life. And I didn't really take that seriously. And I was just, because I've always been fortunate to be on really good teams with all my best friends and whatever. And just be like, yeah, like, I don't get why people are like this. And, you know, a little arrogant towards that uh, side of the volleyball. And now I kind of, kind of opened and I kind of thought about things. And I was like, ah, this makes a lot of sense. Why? Why so many people are transferring or why people change clubs so often or something like that. Not so often, but like just even one or two changes. And just the importance of kind of having a good circle and a good teammates around you. Because for me, there's always going to be a place where you kind of fit. And you also, but on the on the flip side of that is the importance of putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. You don't want to be too quick to pull the trigger on that in terms of switching things too early. You got to kind of get to that point where you're super uncomfortable right and that's why you're gonna be a best volleyball player I learned a lot last year in a really terrible environment um I wouldn't say I learned more than this year I actually I would say I learned faster and more last year than I did this year and this year's a more comfortable situation last year I learned it this year I'm, I have the confidence to implement it so just kind of the two things that I would kind of take away or or that I'm kind of trying to tell you guys is having a circle around you but also put yourself in discomfort to the point where you're going to kind of become a lot better from it. Um, Joey, uh, we're just talking about stuff we kind of like learn in the new year and whatnot and stuff, personal stuff that you kind of did on and off the bubble court that either stayed true or that you kind of learned. Uh, biggest thing I, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday or the day before, um, how important it is because like we're in an environment right now where everybody's too I, I would say it's like too comfortable in a sense. I think our team is uh <clears throat> overseas here in Germany where there's a lot of guys who are like it's first year overseas and stuff and there's so much that they haven't experienced about like the professional like playing overseas with new teammates and stuff like that. I don't know, there's a lot of aspects of that that I feel like we um that actually like helps the team in a sense. Whereas, like, right now we have so many guys from the same backgrounds and everything that at times um, I think there's positives and negatives to that. And so I think, like, the professional aspect of uh, having, like, older, experienced guys on the team is really beneficial. And I realize that, I think, more so um, just, like, with our team because we're, like, so young and everything. But at the same time, there's, like, positives, too, that we're – it's like there's always energy every practice. Like everybody's going 100% and everything. Where you don't have that necessarily with some of the uh, older guys that you play with um, overseas. And so, like I come to realize, I think more recently, that that balance is extremely important in having that older presence who puts that pressure on guys um, constantly is super important. Um, and then also just like individually in terms of like setting – I think Mike and I talk about it a lot, just um, 
knowing the strengths of like the group around you and utilizing that and not so much don't respond so much to like what other teams are doing against you um and more so just like use the strengths because there's a reason that they're your strengths and teams are wanting you to go away from that i guess from like more of an individual um perspective i answer it what do you think makes a good team like say you could put together a college team or what are some key aspects that you would put that you would be like, oh, I think that this is really important or this is really important. Like a role. What kind of guys are you looking for? Or, or a professional team? Um, yeah, I it guess would it, would, it would look, yeah, it would definitely look different on, on either one. Um, I don't know. What do you think the people would want to hear more? Col- well, with college, I think because everybody's in the same boat, you have like kids from 18 to 21 years old, 22 years old. Um, and I think they're like the chemistry is super important and the season's shorter um and the and realistically you're talking about six to eight high level matches per year i think at the college level like really like if you're talking about like high 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 level matches really six to eight per year for any like major program um and so it's more so about just the chemistry and like the camaraderie and having like a good um good group of guys but also i think i think i told you this if i was like recruiting college i would find you know like setters and hitters that have worked together um at a high level and go after them bring them like long beach has done historically um and you've seen stanford do in the past when they won their championship back in 2000 early 2000s uh and other teams that have like brought kind of guys who are familiar with each other together um i think that's pretty uh, has shown that it's been pretty effective uh, time and time again, even at the even with uh, women's volleyball as well. Professionally, I think uh, experience, uh, Mike and I talk about this, uh, clubs pay for uh, experience at the end of the day. They pay for like in the crunch time moments, like making the right decision. Like, and that's, and it's and it's hard to explain until you've seen it. I think in person, <laughs> and have been there, and like you're like, okay, well now you understand why this guy gets paid, you know, this times more <laughs> than everybody else, because it's like he has been there, done that, and he's comfortable in these situations and makes the right decision and knows how to kind of deliver, um, and that's like an experience thing. I think you see, and it's not that he's physically more gifted. I mean, at times, sometimes they are too. But it's it's more of a mental thing, and um, I think professionally, like if you're trying to build a top team, you need that. You need if you're trying to be consistently a top team, you need that presence and somebody like who uh, you know a group of individuals, a core group that really have an understanding of that. Even if they aren't your best players, like uh, talent-wise, I think having that core group to kind of mentor is is an important aspect. How many years do you like? need or like maybe not yeah how many years and how much experience do you need before you're considered like experienced it's all relative you look at a guy like Miki Leto he's like you know he's played in every mate he's won a lot of major competitions already and there there is to play out there and play at the highest level um but at the same time it's like those guys are he's training with this level of competition since he's you know 15 14 years old um and so it's a, it has to do too, like the training group you're in. I think every single day. Yeah. It's not just it's not just the 
you know, you're playing. You could go play for a bunch of years and not get the type of experience that Mikuleto's gotten in his short-term career here, you know, practicing with um, some of the most experienced players all time. So, like, what are the small things that – and this goes for both of you guys. What are the small things that you see, like, that experienced players see in crunch time? And they could be, like – obviously, for us, it's more glaring. But for the average viewer, what is something that they're doing more um, in crunch time that maybe the inexperienced player – Well, a big thing, too, Mike had talked about is the, no errors. These guys do not err. They do not give away free points. And they make you have to earn. And they make have – you have to be still in good position. If you're going to block them or whatever, especially the moments – and it's the recycling. I was watching even a ma- our match the other day, actually. Right. Um, and it was like <laughs> a situation. I don't even remember which players were involved. Situation for us. Like, and I and I consider like I'm pretty honest. I consider like our team's pretty like young and um, inexperienced. Like all around, all of us are in general, and I think it shows at certain times. Um, we get a medium situation. We go and we try to just hit like an 80% ball kind of deep uh, over the net and pretty much you're just like giving the ball away which is something we talk about a lot like that we are trying to avoid just giving a, a ball away um, Berlin comes back it's the exact same situation their guy goes recycles creates a good situation first tempo and crushes the ball it's like the, the difference between like those decision making like if you watch even in that one rally and it might not seem like anything crazy, but those small points there, like you watch it back, you're like, damn, like that guy, like his, their guy made the right decision, created a good opportunity. Sometimes it doesn't work out too. It's not like every single time they do that, it's going to work out. But they put themselves in positions to be successful more times than not. I think something that like, because we talked about the college versus professional, I think something that stands out just by you saying this is that in college, you can like, have a team that's just physically and talent wise just like so much higher but if you're going to be like for example in the german league or in the italian league there's going to be a lot of guys that are very very talented and at that point like what joe's talking about the game starts to become like played after 20 or in in just certain situations and the the level of physicality can be the same like young guys at like 19 could be just banging balls and then come against like a 32 year old is way less experienced or way less physical. But after 20 is just able to like make a lot of clean plays um, from a setter standpoint, obviously we're both young. And so just like risk management and knowing when to take certain risks and when to play with certain players is like, it's crazy. Cause like, you don't talk about technique anymore. I don't know, like, about as a libero or anything like that, but, like, the technique is, like, kind of just – no one's talking to us about that anymore. Like, all that matters is just how we're playing and who we're playing to and, like, our decision-making. And, like, that's all our, our – our job is just, like, a decision-making position now. And it's not about being able to do all of this crazy stuff. It's just, like, okay, this ball, why did you play here? And I'm like, this is why. And I had a, I have an idea. And they're like, yeah, but you still got to learn. That's not the right idea. And so just making those types of decisions. And like you said, it's not necessarily always going to be by years. It's about like almost like kind of like forged by fire in some ways where like you need to be in some pressure. And it could be even that you're on a really good team and you never play, but 
you've been in a practice gym since you were maybe 19 you've been in a, on an italian team or a polish team that plays the game a real like a really in a really smart and strategic way and been in a lot of meetings and like had older guys get on you even if you're not starting like in practice for making a lot of stupid errors and you can come to a team and like it could be your first year starting and you still have a lot more experience than these other guys so it's not like necessarily it's, it's not easy to say what experience really looks like but you can tell it's after 20 they're just always making smart plays their risk management they don't hit out they decision making is the biggest thing now and like when my dad watched us play on the grass in Hawaii, he's like, dude, there's a lot of guys out here that are just beasts, but your guys' decision-making is just like what's going to separate you. And it's true. We, we don't make a lot of errors and we make the right decisions. And Joe sets the right player at the right time. And <laughs> that hitter makes a good decision and that's it. So it's just crazy how much volleyball has now become about decision-making. Obviously at the high, high level, it's also, very physical and some guys are just able to do a lot of amazing things and when you put that together with decision making you get olympians um but it is crazy to say how much the game has changed mentally for me throughout the years as a setter and even compared to like college it's like i was just doing whatever i wanted in college to be honest <laughs> yeah so do you think that you guys could kind of mention it's like the small things right that or they're big, but they to the to the untrained eye, they're very like they seem minute, right? They don't you can't really pick up on it. a lot of the high level plays. You're like for us, we're like oh that's big time, but for the but for the average viewers, like they don't really see anything, right? Which is understandable. Yeah. Do you think that men's volleyball is undervalued because of how minute those high level plays are and how not as obvious they are? No, because I think that that's happening at the highest level of anything. Like when you are diving into, if you were going to go into playing the violin or just even in the sports world, if you're going to look at like pool players of how like, because they, we think you just shoot, but how they set up with the spin, their neck shot and the, into their neck shot or their decision making on that. Like when you get to the highest level of anything, things start to become a lot more predicated around decision-making um, and the complexity of things just obviously goes through the roof when you're talking about any football or American football or like the complexities of things that people, the normal eye doesn't get to see when you're an expert at anything um, can get really complicated. And we're just not saying we're experts at volleyball, but now that we're getting into the higher levels of volleyball, things are going to get obviously more complicated and you're going to kind of open up the curtain a little bit and peel back some layers of things that you didn't understand. Gotcha. I think it's, it's the same for, for, do you think it's more obvious like to see like high level plays in women's than it is for men's or no? Hmm. Back to the woman versus men debate. I don't. I I, um, I can just keep going because I realize I said men. Gage well, always brings it up, and I I always tell him like Gage, you gotta be a little dude. All right, careful. That's true. I don't know. Always. I don't know. I don't watch enough. I don't watch enough to be honest. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure it gets. I'm sure it gets just as complicated, and I'm sure that a lot of their good plays go unnoticed by a lot of people that aren't usually watching women's volleyball for sure. I feel like in women's volleyball, 
some maybe tendencies are stronger. I I have a feeling. Like with attackers, mm. the tendencies. Is it because they're not as physical? Because like on the men's side, you have, and maybe it's cause also because of a lack of control, but women's side, like I see a lot of, I watch matches and it's the same shot over and over and over. Um, mm. I don't, and that might be just throwing it out and I might just be totally off on that. But that's just a sense I have from watching the match. And I might be totally wrong, but it's like sometimes I watch it, it's like the same shot. And it's not to say that men don't do the same thing, but with men, yeah. it might be like more of a lack of, it's just more like lack of control. Yeah. Just, you know, going for it. But so you get when you're less, when you're more physical and less technical, maybe you just get a little, or even in setting can. too with the women, it's like ball on the net. It's like if they have a good, middle they're setting the slide like <laughs> anytime they're on the net it's effective uh, yeah i haven't watched enough of it I, I i have no idea we got to talk to our numbers guy jake 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 yeah, we do have to talk to our jake. analytics guy that's true he watches a lot more i think it's very obvious for anyone listening or watching our podcast it's very obvious that we definitely watch a lot more men's volleyball for sure um what are some other things that um, because when we, I wanted to bring up that when we play grass, um, and I talked to Gage about this, Joe, you might not have heard, but, um, I was talking to Zana and she's like, you know, a lot of people like you guys put forward a very goofy, aloof, nonchalant, just having fun type of vibe, um, in your podcast and just about everything that we do off the court. And then she said, but I think that something that people don't realize is just how like locked in you guys can get that Nat can separate you guys a lot is that you guys can just do whatever you want. And then the game starts and you guys, all three of you guys are like locked in and like totally able to just flip a switch and compete. What are some things that have you guys talked about that with anyone? Um, what are some things that you is there a way to train that? Is that how do you think that you got that way? And yeah, just let's just talk about that a little bit because she brought it up and I thought it was hey, a good point. You know what's crazy about that? Um, and I've oh, realized shoot. what too, times two twenty. Okay. And I realized this too the other day, and it's sort of something you probably got to figure out how to fix. But Lucas Mazza, our opposite, told me he's like I've never seen like. I'd never see the intensity that you guys have playing 2v2 like in any other form. I'm like, but that it's the same intensity like with grass all that we have. But it's mm -hmm. like the, it's the, also kind of the guys I'm with too, or like, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to have that same intensity with guys who don't like. Well, think um, about it. When it's 3v3, it's have the same like, world. It, it's not that they don't have the same intensity, but it's like a, <laughs> just this like chemistry thing that like brings that out I think it all is together it's not to say like I'm not intense or anything but it's not that same sort of like right no I feel the same way that's so true about when when I'm playing any other form of volleyball that's like within the indoor game where it's like baggeroni or like yeah. I'm I'm flying around it's so that's a good point too I don't know and it's something I I have to I I'm for sure like I need to be able to like turn on all the time but it's like sometimes like there's just something that like flips, and I don't even know what it is to be honest. Right? Can I can I add on? Can I add on to that? It's also because yeah. the fewer number you have in the court, the fewer 
the more control you have over the game. So the more you're coming from a libero perspective, if I can pass, occasionally set, hit, go serve, you're more not that you're not into a libero, but you're watching a lot of the game rather than like constant action. So you're more part of it. You know what I'm saying? And as a setter, it's the same way. You either let the ball go, and you're a setter on the beach or the grass too. But obviously, Mikey, you hit on the grass. But Joe, it's still the fewer numbers you have on the court, the more into the game you are because it's you against. The yeah, that's a really good point. I just said, you against the world. Something I've, I've noticed. Also, it's a question for both of you and for Joe specifically. I think that for me, for the beginning of the year, I brought that intensity and fire and whatnot. But I, it, w- it was a little too much at times because I was just constantly yelling and screaming just because I was like <laughs> intense and stuff. And then lately, and, and Joe and Lucas kind of had to tell me that like you got you to gotta like simmer it down their gauge because you're going to fluster everyone you know what i'm saying and it gets to a right. point where you're just yelling and no one's gonna listen to you which is correct so then i was like all right i gotta take a step back and i've been like super calm um lately but then i'm and, and i feel good in both positions but i feel like it's a question for joe because joe's been playing with me am i too calm or like because i keep I, I like i don't know like because sometimes i feel like we don't have enough energy on the court so i'm trying to find that balance literally as we speak lately i felt like i told you this i've never seen I don't know if it's energy or like a craziness thing, but I've never seen you hesitate for as many balls as you do. The more energy I have, the less I think. And I think the yeah. calmer I am, the more I hesitate. Yeah. Because when I yell, it helps my game 100%. 100%. So it's about finding that way. Yeah, that's see, that's what's so sick about being in the position that we are is that we're still learning so much. Like you have to learn that, and that's a huge thing to learn. Like when yeah, you do to start to find that balance, it's like that's a big part of your game that's missing you know i'm gonna start yelling more i think i gotta i gotta i gotta ramp it up a little bit more than i am right now well i think also some intelligence of what points you can what points of the game you can who you can do it to who you're gonna fluster who you're not gonna fluster (laughs) like you know what i mean like who you should approach in what way and where you can fire yourself up without having to yell like mm-hmm. other other ways that you can do it, um, like all those things. And I think that you have to try. I think that's something that so many people, I think, get caught on and that I've gotten into trouble with because I've always been the guy that's willing to try more things. And then people are like, ah. and I'm like, but you don't know. Like, how could you know that you're going to play your best being so locked in when you haven't yeah. tried to like share a laugh with someone before the game? Because during the game, you're the most tense guy. And then 24 all, you're making mistakes because you're too tense. And it's because you were locked in since right. eight this morning. Like, and then you're getting <laughs> mad at me for like laughing 10 minutes before the game because, but it's because I've tried to be locked in and I've also tried to like play games before. And for me, there's a balance that where I'm not mentally fried and I'm not so stressed, but I'm also able to focus. And like people just aren't letting people try and people aren't as open-minded to things like that. Because there's supposedly a right way to do things. And I think for me, you can see mine is that I'm, I like to really just let myself chill until the game goes. And then when the first serve goes, then that's when I need to be locked in. Cause, and I'm able to do that, which is really nice. But then I can usually kind of last the whole game and be at the end of the game, still have some mental capacity and not be blown out. I have to run, I just realized. All right. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the Mike Ma. With that being said, if you can't handle the hit, if you can't handle the heat, goddamn kitchen. This has been another episode presented by 
out of system. 